Hey, y'all, and welcome back to the Small Stories Podcast, presented by Small Stories Studio. My name is Billy Ivey. I am the host of this thing, and I'm excited that you're here. Uh, I'm thankful that you're here. It means a lot to me that you would come back here. I don't know why you would come back here, but I'm so glad that you did. Uh, Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to remind you all uh, about Napkinisms, the book, volume one. Napkinisms, the book. It's available at smallstorystudio.com right now. Smallstorystudio.com, Napkinisms, the book. It's available now. You can order it. And if you order it before December 12th, we will ensure that it gets to you before Christmas. Order 60 of them. Order, order more than that. However many people you have on your Christmas list, order that many books. Because I think that those people will enjoy it, as I'm sure you will as well. Napkinism's the book. It's at smallstorystudio.com. It's actually available at Amazon as well. Uh, But I can't vouch for Amazon. I can just vouch for Small Story Studio. We're going to get it to you before Christmas if you order over the next, I don't know, 10 days. Um, Also, Long is the Way. Long is the Way is available at both of those places as well. Uh, Amazon and at Small Story Studio. Long is the Way. It's a beautiful, beautiful story of hope and redemption. It's about my friend Alton Hardy. And if you haven't checked it out yet, I, I I just beg you to do so because I know that it will bless you. I know that you will love this story. Okay. Now we're going to get into today's podcast. It's an episode... I have loosely titled, All About Anna. Annabeth is my daughter. Anna is my daughter, my firstborn. And this podcast is all about her. Now, I used to write a lot about Annabeth. She is my first child, so by virtue of inexperience, the newness of even the most mundane happenings would inspire me to sit down and peck out story after story after story. I wrote about how she cooed and rolled over, uh, how she slept with her arms above her head, how she snorted once like a pig after I made her laugh when she was just a few months old. Kids that young don't snort, I once wrote. She obviously has a remarkable sense of humor. I wrote about her all the time. I even wrote about her poop. I wasn't trying to be funny. I was just proud that she had had a number two the size of one of mine. I wrote about her handprints and the amazing noodle art she created on Sunday school mornings. I wrote about her first this, her first that, and even her second, third, and fourth thises and that's. She was this brand new part of me that I helped create, and she was the cutest little angel on God's big earth. But I didn't just write about her. I talked about her incessantly. I can only imagine my friend's dread as I approached with another Anna-ism. They would smile while no doubt thinking to themselves, good grief, what'd she do this time? Memorize the Magna Carta? She was six months old. I bet she could have if she had tried. But there was also a lot that I didn't write about. Memories that were mine and hers to share. Like singing, you are my sunshine, my only sunshine, every single night before bed. 
telling stories about a talking housefly that I created with a penchant for orange sherbet. A housefly with a penchant for orange sherbet. We would reenact Beauty and Da Beast in her bedroom. We'd go on bear hunts in the bonus room with flashlights and coat hangers, you know, for protection. We'd go and find dragon food. Dragon food in the woods. Dragon food happens to look an awful lot like moss growing on trees, but we would go find it and secure it and keep it away from the dragons. I remember listening to her pray, God is grape, God is good, let us thank him for our food. So many memories. I wrote about her playing softball for the Wildcats with a K. Now that was something. Here's what I wrote. I wrote, my daughter plays softball. Check that. She's on a softball team. They are the Wildcats with a K. And their colors are maroon and black. Her jersey stretches past her knees and her socks pull up to the middle of her thighs. Her shorts reach mid-calf and her batting helmet can only be secured when the chin strap is gripped tightly in her tiny teeth. She is the cutest middle right fielder you'll ever lay eyes on. But my poor, sweet baby girl cannot catch a softball to save her life. She cannot even stop one with her glove. Because that glove is more often than not on the ground next to her or resting on top of her head like a mutated kippa. She has a difficult time paying attention to the game, but can follow an errant butterfly from right field to home plate, past the concession stand, through the jungle gym, and back to its perch on the corner of of the opposing team's dugout without a single error. She does have talent. So anyway, I have been working with my little entomologist on hitting. You can't really call what we do as batting practice, so hitting, swinging, actually, Swinging a lot. I I toss the ball, it hits the ground, rolls underneath the car, and then she swings. (laughs) It's adorable. Regardless, we have been working on the hitting of balls and things in the driveway. I, I toss the ball, scream swing at the top of my lungs before it even begins its descent, and about three times out of ten, she makes contact. Then we both jump up and down as if she's just taken one deep over the green monster in the seventh inning against the Yankees in a tied-up ALCS Game 7. It's adorable. Well, last night, baby girl had a game. It was her 11th. We prepared like we always do by watching SpongeBob SquarePants and eating Doritos just before heading to the field. She didn't want to be there. Her mother didn't want to be there. Her brother's contesting with, please God, not another one of these. And frankly, I could think of about 413 things I would have rather been doing at 6 p.m. on a Monday night. Hauling green hay crossed my mind. A couple of times, really. But there we sat, cheering our little softball player. Number eight. Number eight in the field, number one in our hearts, I announced again, just as I had done the previous ten games, and still no one even attempted to look from their nachos and sour straws and $1.50 six-ounce Pepsis. 
The game started like any other. My daughter took the field first and paid no attention. She had no idea that the Wildcats with a K were trailing nine to nothing in the bottom of the first. In fact, her coach had to retrieve her from the field when it was time for her, our team to bat. She had been watching an ant make its way from the infield to the grassy promised land of foul territory. It almost made it, too. So there she stood. She was the eighth batter. The bases after a coach's daughter grand slam were empty, and she felt no pressure, like at all. Strike one! She missed. Her follow-through ended at almost the exact moment the ball was returned to the pitcher. Strike two! Come on, sweetheart. Watch the ball. Come on, baby. You can do it. Her mother cheered encouragingly the way only a mama can. Then the pitcher pitched the ball, and I screamed immediately, Swing! In slow motion. I saw my baby's eyes turn to me and brighten. Then, as if in slow motion, she turned towards the incoming ball, closed her eyes, and swung the 18-ounce bat as hard as she could. She swung so hard, her shoe came off. She swung so hard, her helmet ended up on the ground behind her. She swung so hard. Dink! Foul ball! Son of a The words left my body faster than I could think. I tried to get them back, to grab them from the air, but they were already out there, bouncing off the tiny eardrums and swirling up to the heavens, and every head jerked and turned directly up at me, mouths gaping, chewed-up nachos and hot dogs falling from trembling lips throughout the park. Suddenly, I was that guy. I was no longer the happy-go-lucky daddy who tells silly jokes and is generally ignored by parents who often get together for ice cream socials and potluck dinners. I, I was the opposite of that. What had I just done? My wife sat motionless. My mother-in-law started to cry. An elderly couple, the grandparents of Samantha, got up and moved two rows down. No one wanted to be seen near that guy. Two more foul balls, and then my little girl actually got a hold of one. It, it trickled past the pitcher, through the legs of the shortstop, and into the shallow grass of left center field. She finally got her first real hit in big girl softball, and it was a double. She was consequently awarded the game ball and allowed to lead the one, two, three Wildcats with the K before leaving the field. What a night! Looks like she has another game on Thursday night against the same team, but I have been told that I can't go. My wife mentioned something about green hay. I love that story. You see, Annabeth was the smartest, most beautiful, talented, and remarkable child to grace the planet Earth. And, and when she was just three, she helped welcome siblings into the family. I'll never forget the sweet tears that formed in her eyes the day that her mama and I told her she was going to be a big sister. She would finally have a real live baby doll to show off to friends and family and strangers at the mall. And she was equally as excited when she found out, found out about her baby sister and then another baby brother. And then she became the family's biggest cheerleader as we prayed about adopting baby number five. That's just the way that she is. 
It's the way she's always been. I once wrote about when she and I tried hanging a shelf in our laundry room. I started trying to hang the shelf at around 3 p.m. One shelf, just one single utility closet shelf, six feet long, 16 inches deep. I had my hammer, I had my electric drill, I had a screwdriver, a level, a box of anchor screws, wood glue, and a handsaw, and a really bad attitude. Approximately 14 holes, three trips to the Home Depot, and three excruciating hours later, my little addition had become a remodeling project. I cussed a lot. Check that. I cussed so much, I made up cuss words. I sweated a lot. I cussed some more. I hit my thumb with an errant swing of the aforementioned hammer thrice. I cussed some more, threw the hammer, hit my foot, cussed, cried, sweat some more, punched the wall, repaired the wall where I punched it, and then I quit and cussed. My little girl, Anna, watched the whole thing. She saw me get mad, heard me say things not even suitable for late-night Cinemax, and she even laughed when I hopped up and down in frustrated pain. She had longed for a night of dress-up with Daddy. We were supposed to play Judy and the Beast. Uh, instead, we endured an evening of me acting like Jekyll and Hyde. She needed some alone time with her favorite hide-and-seek partner. What she got was, get out of the tub, pick out a movie to watch before bed, and don't bother me. I'm, I'm, I'm tired. I'm hurt. I cut story time short because of a shelf. We didn't brush our teeth because I didn't have the patience to wipe spittle from the bathroom counter because of a shelf. I put her to bed early because I needed to get back to the laundry room, to the shelf. And when I told her that we weren't going to say prayers tonight because daddy has things he has to do, do you know what my little girl said? She said, okay, daddy, but it's just a shelf. It'll be okay. Dust a shelf indeed. Annabeth did that all the time. She, she, she reminded me of the things that were most important. She still does. And I stopped writing about every inhale, exhale, and funny word that came out of her mouth a, a lot of years ago. There just wasn't enough time, what with all the other kids and the miracles that they were uncovering at every turn. Sometimes I would share a story here and there, but focus most often turned to her siblings. They were smaller and cuter and learning to do life for the first time. She was a big girl now. And that was a long time ago. That was the blink of an eye. My baby girl, from the very first moment I held that breath from heaven in my arms, I knew that I was changed forever. I, I was her daddy and she was my world. At some point along the way, though, I seemed to forget the all. I felt knowing that God had blessed me beyond anything I could have ever imagined and hoped for. At some point, the miracle became a little girl, and the little girl became more of an obligation or a responsibility that, than, than a binding, blinding glimpse of God's radical love and favor. She's not a baby anymore. None of my babies are. 
Today, Annabeth and her siblings often serve as reminders of things that must be dealt with, as opposed to divine creations that their mother and I had been gifted for such a short time. Divine grace allows me to forgive myself for not acknowledging the gift of my kids every moment of every day, but my heart still breaks a little today because Annabeth doesn't know. She can't know. She can't fully understand the love and pride that her daddy feels each time she enters a room or flashes that crooked smile. She can't possibly understand the aching in my throat right now as I'm reading this as I somehow try to connect words that might somehow do justice to the immeasurable pride I feel because I am hers and she is mine. Over the years, Anna has grown into a beautiful, graceful, faithful, and determined young woman. And my God, I fear I've missed most of it. I've taken for granted how much she's brought and continues to bring to this family. I've focused on the fact that she cannot keep her room clean, for instance, or how she holds her fork weird, how she talks too loud, or how she dresses like a slob sometimes, or she sleeps too late, or she watches too much Netflix, or she doesn't floss her teeth enough, as opposed to the fact that she is a masterpiece, a treasure. She is a perfectly, wonderfully made in the image of our creator, child of God and of Billy and Bethany Ivy. Next week, she turns 24 years old. She lives in Hawaii now, poor thing, I know. Um, So I don't see her very often, not nearly enough. But next week, she's coming home for about 10 days to endure the holidays in not Hawaii And oh, dear, sweet, merciful Lord, I pray that I can once again approach each of those days, each new miraculous and mundane milestone that might happen with the awe, the wonder, and the gratitude of a daddy experiencing the magic of firsts, seconds, thirds, and fourths forever and ever. I'll end with one more story, one more glimpse into this character in my story, my firstborn, the one who made me a father. Hey, look, Anna said as she made her way down the stairs. Rhino is asleep in his food bowl. Huh. So he was. Only Rhino wasn't really asleep. I mean, unless we're talking metaphorically, as in the great sleep. Or perhaps Rhino has found his eternal resting place in the food bowl. But there's no way of sugarcoating this, folks. Rhino was dead. We got the hamster for Annabeth two years ago for her birthday. Actually, that's not altogether true. We first bought her a different hamster named Pickles for her birthday. But Pickles... fell asleep about three hours after all the candles were blown out, so he was quickly replaced the next day with Rhino. Rhino was a good hamster, I suppose. He basically kept to himself, running round and round at nighttime on his little hamster wheel, and then pretty much just eating when we remembered to feed him, and drinking from that bottle that still hangs half-empty from his cage. That was it, really. He, he never caused too much trouble, and he only escaped his cage a couple of times. 
One, one time after cleaning his cage, Anna forgot to secure the latch, so he ventured out for a brief 10 to 12 minutes of freedom before being plunked back into the comfort of home amongst the Aspen wood chips and various hamster toys we'd been gifting him throughout the previous weeks and months. Now, we're not really clear as to how he got out the other time, but I am convinced that our cat is a lot smarter than we give him credit for. The kids rarely played with Rhino. Sometimes they'd take him out so he could roll around in a clear plastic ball, but mostly he just did his thing in his cage, in the corner of the room, alone. And I can't help but to feel a sliver of guilt about poor Rhino. I mean, never once did I rub or pet or hold or gaze upon him with anything other than disdain. I'd curse him on the way to the pet store, flabbergasted as to why in the world I was going out of my way to spend $8.79 on food for something that we would kill with a broom if we had not given him a name and placed him in a cage in the corner of the room, alone. Alas, he was a good hamster, I suppose. When asked what we should, quote, do with the body, I I looked at my little teary-eyed girl and told her that trash pickup was scheduled for Tuesday, so we just, you know, put them in a grocery stack and let them take care of it. As she stood there, mouth gaping, my wife pointed me in the direction of the shovel in the garage and simply said, Really? Rhino's final, eternal, big sleep resting place is now behind the swing set in a small hole under a rock in the corner of the backyard, alone. Farewell, Dill Rhino. I'm sorry we didn't feed you more. May you sleep in peace. All right, guys, that's enough. That's the podcast. That's the podcast for this week all about Anna, my birthday girl, my 24-year-old baby girl. You know, maybe some of these words made you smile. Maybe they made you roll your eyes. Maybe they reminded you of characters in your own stories who have made an indelible mark on your life just because they exist, like Annabeth. That's powerful. That is wonderful. And that is precisely what Small Stories is all about. I really do appreciate you listening. Thanks for allowing me to share with, I don't know, both of you, these stories. Do me a favor, like and subscribe, comment, post, repost, rate, and do all those things you're supposed to do when podcast people beg you to do things. All I know is that I appreciate you listening. I'm looking forward to doing this more. Don't forget to check out smallstorystudio.com for information on all we're doing over there, including the books, Long is the Way, the, the beautiful story, the, the story of hope and redemption about my friend Alton Hardy, and, and the Napkinisms book, too. Check it out. It's out now. Go to smallstorystudio.com to order yours. And if you get it in, if you get the order in before December 12th, we will make sure that you get your books before Christmas. At least that's what I've been told by people who are a lot smarter than I am. Okay, that's it. I love you guys. Annabeth, I love you. Happy birthday, sweet girl. Remember, small is big. Okay.